Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. If you're like me, you know, a fan of football, you are aware of the good and the bad of the NFL. You're probably aware of all the many different hours of football follies and outtakes that you can be watching. You probably laughed at several of the outtakes from football, but you've also probably watched many hours of great catches, great drives, and memorable moments. That's what football fans do. We watch everything we can about football, the good and the bad. In experiencing the good, you also experience the bad. The new look Cleveland Browns and their fans have experienced the bad. Ever since the Browns were reborn in 1999, they haven't had much to be happy about. I believe that's changing now, but for over 20 years, the Browns have been stuck in the mud, so to speak. When I say 20 years, I'm not talking about the longer history of the Browns' name. I'm not taking into account the greats like Jim Brown and Otto Graham and and Ozzie Newsome and Bernie Kosar. I'm talking about the expansion Browns, a team that has struggled ever since that they came back. Since the 1999 season, the Browns have put together a 101 win, 233 loss, and one tie record during the regular season, and an 0-1 record in the playoffs. But like I said earlier, they are looking a lot better at the recording of this program. I guess you can sum up the Cleveland Browns in one word. It's that jersey of the starting quarterback. 28 names could be listed on the back of that jersey. 28 starting quarterbacks. That tells you something. The fans of the Cleveland Browns deserve a lot more than what they're getting now. And guys, I'm going to be honest, I can relate to what's going on in Cleveland. I grew up a Vanderbilt Commodores fan. I've experienced in my lifetime just a very, very small number of winning seasons under the Vanderbilt Commodore football team. I've been to two bowl games, which they won both, but it got to a point where I said, I just cannot handle this anymore. You are some of the most dedicated fans on earth. You are amazing, and I applaud you for the dedication to your team. Hopefully this year we'll show you something, and the Browns will turn it around as long as it doesn't come at the expense of my Titans. By the way, I enjoyed the movie Draft Day. I really did. And every year during the draft time, I watch it. There, I said it. I hope you enjoy the interview with my friend Chad. He is a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. Maybe you can relate to what he says. If you want to be part of this podcast and talk about your favorite team, you can get in touch with me at Jeremy underscore McFarlane or the Footballist Family Podcast Facebook page. Thank you for joining me at the Footballist Family Podcast. Glad to uh, have everybody back to Football is Family podcast. I got a special guest here, one of my best friends in the world, my brother here. Would you like to introduce yourself? 
Uh, yes, my name is Chad Sargent, and I'm a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. Now, when somebody says that they are a diehard Cleveland Browns fan, they, they mean it. They mean it because you can't be a, a wishy-washy Cleveland Browns fan, can you? <laughs> no, you can't. There's, there's no middle ground when it comes to being a Browns fan. <laughs> now, now, Chad and I have had discussions for, for a while here. The, the new Cleveland Browns since 99, you view them as an expansion team, don't you? They're an expansion team. Yeah, and they play like it. <laughs> well, I was continually play like one. It's it's sad. I like the Browns. Um, you know, it's what was that jersey that they have? Um, that has about what twenty different quarterbacks, twenty one different quarterbacks on it. Uh, I forget what the last count was. I, I want to say the last I seen was like twenty seven, twenty or twenty eight. It might be more than that now. Good gracious. Soon to be another one if he doesn't start the – he needs to start going through his reads a little better. Well, I was saying something today, a mock draft, had them picking a quarterback in the first round in the coming draft, and I thought, oh, oh, that's a little tight. But uh, I've got a few questions for you, and uh, this this podcast is about what makes football special to you. And you and I have had several discussions about football. I, I bet uh, we played some Madden. We uh, we both love football. And uh, so tell me, what is your first memory of the NFL, of NFL football? Um, my first memory, I would have to say, would be uh, watching it with my father, really young, uh, the old floor model TVs sitting in the living room and him usually screaming at the <laughs> at the TV set. My grandfather sitting, you know, watching it with him. He was also a Browns fan. My dad's a Browns fan. Uh, my next door neighbor, good friend of mine, his name is uh, Josh Lewis. He's a Bears fan, actually, which I am also because of him. He, we root for each other's teams. But uh, watching Walter Payton, you know, I can remember Brian Sipe. I was really little, but I can remember him slinging the ball around. Guys like Dan Fouts from, you know, the Chargers. You have um, a lot of the memories, a lot of good memories in the 80s, especially when the Browns were really, really good. Um, But, of course, you know, I have to bring up the drive, you know, and the fumble. I have to bring that up just to remind you. The first time I ever cried over a sports event, I remember that like I, I literally I cried with the the fumble. Both both times, it ripped my heart out. You know, well that's that's the, how that's I the was thing. invested at a very young age. <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing about sports. Um, when when the Titans were one yard short, that I can I can relate to that because I remember that idea. You know, if we were just one yard that if his arm was one yard longer. In my opinion, that was, that's probably the greatest Super Bowl ever that. And I want to say maybe the giants and bill Super Bowl where uh, yeah. Bill missed a field goal. But I mean, unfortunately your Titans were on the other end of the, you know, short end of the stick, <laughs> but that, um, that was, that was a great Super Bowl. 
that team, your Browns team in 1986, I want to say, probably could have won the Super Bowl that year. Looking at that team, that was a pretty good team. Yeah, we we had some we had some good teams, but uh, unfortunately, luck is it just seems to never be on not just the Browns. I mean, it seems to follow the city of Cleveland around. It's like a like a dark cloud that just stays there. Like the impending winter and you know game, Games of Thrones or something. It's just <laughs> winter is coming. Winter is coming. Football's coming. Factory of Sadness will be here soon. Well, at least you, uh, at least you had draft day. That's a good movie. That, that's a really good movie. You know, people have downed that movie, but I think draft day is actually a pretty good movie, and uh, I'm glad they picked the the Browns because. Uh, uh, I'm glad you also stuck with Brian Drew, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but I heard you mention your dad and your granddad. Is are those two men the reason why you are a Browns fan today? Yeah, and that uh, I had a great uncle that was a really big Browns fan. He uh, spent some time living in uh, the Akron and Canton area, and um, attended a, a lot of the games up there when he lived up there. And, when he would come back to West Virginia to visit, it was, you know, he got me, he got me hooked at an early age on, on the Browns. So, uh, and, and when you mentioned West Virginia, he is a big Mountaineers fan. And I know that that is, um, I know that that's been actually pretty decent for you lately, but at least you got a team that you can root for and right now. If you, if you could see the video I'm showing right now that I'm watching right now, he is wearing a Cleveland Indians Hat, so he is Cleveland uh, through and through. Um, who are some of your favorite players in Cleveland Browns history? Um, uh, let me see here. Of course, Bernie. You got Bernie's always usually everybody's number one, at least for my generation. I mean, before that, I'm sure the older guys. It was Jim Brown, you know, Otto Graham. But uh, for me, it would be. Guys like Bernie, Eric Metcalf, Hanford Dixon, Clay Matthews. Notice that I'm a lot of those guys were from the '80s and the early '90s. There's, Absolutely. Outside uh, of that, maybe uh, a Josh Cribbs. He was a great kick returner for us. Michael Dean Perry was another one that comes to mind. Ernest Bonner and Kevin Mack. Uh, Frank Minifield, but uh, in recent years, I mean, it's it's you never know how long a guy's going to be there. Not to sound all doom and gloom, but unfortunately, I mean, that's that's the life of being a Browns fan. You know, you buy a jersey, and he's not, you don't know if he's going to be there next year. It's just endless futility, is what it seems like. Well. You and I have talked about this, too. What was your feeling when you heard the Browns were leaving? I started out with sadness. Well, I wouldn't even say sadness. It was shock, then sadness. Then it went on to just my question, how, how could you take away a team with – such a loyal fan base. I just, and then it was anger 
and and later now looking back on it, I somewhat understand why he left because he he gave them chances. He you know he was paying on a stadium for for years, paying for the upkeep. The city the city of Cleveland didn't hold up their end of the bargain, so he's not he's not the only one to blame. The city of Cleveland and you know their elected officials. They had a play in that, but still, I don't see how, why, how, and why they couldn't have worked something out. We, uh, I was looking. I, I think they did a, a thirty for thirty about this chat or something to that. You might have seen it. Oh, I know you probably have. Um, sorry, my daughter is talking in the back there. Um, that they went and gave the Indians a stadium. They gave the Cavaliers an arena, but they didn't give the Browns something. And, and to me, I think they missed the, 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 uh, the ball on that, because I think that that was something that they should have gave the Browns an arena. And the thing about art was to my knowledge, at least from interviews I've seen, he, uh, he wanted to be loved. You know, he, he wanted people to like him, even though, you know, you, you get rid of Paul Brown. Good luck with that. But, uh, and he, uh, he, 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 he gave a lot of money to, you know, charities and things like that in Cleveland and it, he, he felt betrayed. So, and, you know, he's not all to blame for that in my opinion. But how, sure how hard was it when you saw, the Ravens within about what three or four years holding a Lombardi trophy and knowing that that could have been y'all's. It was gut wrenching because that should have, that should have been our Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if we would have drafted, you know, Ray Lewis or, but uh, we might, we might not even had, Ozzie Newsome as a GM, which would be great in my opinion. I don't know why we haven't ever reached out to him and said, Hey, can, you, you want to come over here? You want to come home? He could obviously draft. He knows how to put a team together. He knows the team's history. So. That is, um, and, and the fact is you guys had, uh, and, and like you and I both agree, Marty Schottenheimer is a good coach. You had him. You had Bill Belichick. You had the coaches in place. And uh, Nick Saban. Saban was also on that coaching he staff. Was, wasn't he the defensive coordinator for that staff? That staff uh, was insanely good. Right. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking at the team as a whole. Ernest Biner uh, got a bad rap, but at least he won a, a Super Bowl. And Bernie, I believe Bernie uh, was picked up by the Cowboys and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. so at least with I know those two guys. Yeah, those two guys, at least they won something. And that was uh, – but how did you feel when the Browns came back? Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you're happy to have your team back, but you know it's, it's going to be a rebuild right off the bat. You're going to be an expansion. And like I said earlier, it, it always just seems to be uh, – it's a revolving door of players. And 
not, I mean, I'm never, you know, I know I'm sound, I'm sounds like I'm downing my team, but I mean, it's, it's not that I'm downing my team. I'm, you know, the Haslam's our previous owner, uh, the learners, they, he, 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 he spent more, his interest was more in uh, English premier league soccer. He had a team over there, Aston Villa, that that's where his interests were. It wasn't with the Browns. The, the son, not not the uh, the uh, the father. He 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 was invested, but he passed away and left it to his son. And then the Haslam's, they're just they're inept, in my opinion. I mean, they can't get out of each other's way. It's something tells me with an owner. I know uh, owners like uh, Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones. They want to be hands on, but to me if you hire a vice president or a general manager or something to that effect, just let them run the team. Right. He needs, he needs to, if he, if would just step away, let Andrew Barry, he's a, he's the guy went to Harvard. So he's obviously an intelligent guy. Um, I know he's more along the lines of uh, the analytics of things. I don't know how that's going to work out. A little bit of money ball, huh? Right. A little bit of money ball. But, uh, yeah, the, the Haslam's just seem to he – wants, he wants to be a football guy. You can tell he, he wants to be a football guy, and he's not. You know, his world was flying jays and pilots, gas stations, and swindling people out of their money through coupon scams. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> I, I, I haven't, uh, but I'll tell you what um, – if I was the multi-billionaire, I'd be like, you know what? Let me get the gear on and let you run the game. Right. Just step out of the way. And that's, that's why you hire people. I, he's, I'm, I'm hoping he's starting to get there with, you know, to step out of the way. But like you said, we're, we're already talking about drafting another quarterback. We'll find out, you know, this season. He's, he's, he's on a short lease. Leash. Um, there's a reason why uh, Stefanski brought Case Keenum in, obviously. Yes. Um, he's familiar with his system in Minnesota. So if he looks and he sees, you know, Baker, he just doesn't have it. He's got his guy he can go to, you know. Whether or not Keenum can write the ship for us, uh, that's, I mean – the talent is obviously there, so it's just just mind-boggling to me why we're not winning any ball games right now. But then again, I think the Ravens would—they're going to embarrass a lot of teams this year. <laughs> they look incredibly good, but both you and me—we both look at the Ravens and we we just say, you know what, just stay over there in Baltimore. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, hate's not a strong enough word when it comes to. Baltimore, and I don't use that word lightly, so we'll go with loathe. <laughs> I have a reason to despise them because of 2000. You have a reason to despise them for something <laughs> right. a lot deeper than that. Yes. Uh, as much as I like Lamar Jackson, as much as I think that he's a good player, good guy, it's just mm. – but uh, hopefully, like you said, hopefully your team can pull this through, and I'm hoping Baker, uh, you know, would will turn it around a little bit to help your team out because I think he has all the tools together to do it if he could just put it together. I think he's gun shy. Like if he he he's staring down his receivers, 
he's dancing like he is he i guess you know you go through four i think it's four coordinators and four coaches now Ooh. right it's that's brutal i mean how can you and god bless the kid i mean <laughs> i don't know how anybody could go through that no i don't either um and then you know, we experienced something like that with, with Jake Locker, very similar situation. And uh, he ended up like a lot like uh, Baker did, or Baker is right now. And I think also um, today's NFL, if at least the teams that seem to be winning, outside of like your Drew Breeses and your Tom Brady's now, and they're up there in age, you, you got to have a mobile quarterback. And it seems like the ones that are winning, your Lamar Jacksons, your uh, – I can't think of his name in uh, Kansas City right now. Patrick I, Mahomes, yeah. Russell Russell Wilson, Watson. I mean, you're, it, the, the league seems to – Kyler Murray, you, it seems to be going more towards your mobile quarterbacks. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's – we might be looking for another quarterback this year. Hopefully one with a little mobility. But the reason I brought up the mobility is uh, maybe, I, you know, even look for like a trade request or something. Uh, I know Mariota's a backup in uh, Las Vegas now. And, you know, if Carr seems to be playing at least the first week, it looked pretty good. You know, maybe offer them something. We need – we might be looking elsewhere. <laughs> Well, all, all this being said today, Chad, and again, thank you for your time. Uh, what makes football family to you? What makes it special to you? What really was, uh, and this is outside of the Browns games also, it's also ties in with being from West Virginia. Um, sitting with my grandfather, he'd have the game on the radio. We wouldn't even have it on the TV half the time. We would, you know, the voice of the Mountaineers on the radio. And then uh, as I got into being a Browns fan and going – being a Browns fan and going to some games or going to uh, Browns backers events, which is a, a club with uh, – excuse me – fan clubs and uh, – every state, most major cities, just all over the world. But it's, it's really like family for, for Browns fans. Like once you, you walk in, it's, that's your brother right there. Like, you know, it right away because they know the loyalty you have towards that team and what it takes to be a Browns fan. Do you, do you eat dog biscuits? No, no. I, <laughs> that's another thing that, like, <laughs> I remember being a kid and, like, you're watching that and then that's something about the wind whipping around Municipal Stadium and coming off of Lake Erie and it was usually blow, blowing some type of debris onto the field. and uh, You don't get that with modern stadiums. No. Grown men with no – shirt on and it's nine degrees below zero and he's like these people are insane you know how could you not 
at least have a respect for any, you know, a team base or a, a fan base like that. So, I mean, I just, I fell in love with it early. I respect that. The dog pound, uh, the history, you go from what you were saying, Paul Brown and Otto Graham and uh, Jim Brown and all the way up till even today. Um, there's a history to the Cleveland Browns and you cannot write the NFL history without putting the Cleveland Browns in there. And uh, I, re- I respect that and I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us today. Jeremy, I want to thank you for thinking of me uh, for doing this. Uh, and I, this is great. I love what you're doing here. Keep it up. I mean, I look forward to hearing uh, future uh, episodes of your podcast. And once again, thanks, man. Thank you. And this is yet another reason why football is family. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already... We have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.